In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. The very simple gospel for this feast day of the octave day of Christmas, Luke 2, 21, describes very little. It's more of an illusion than anything else. On the eighth day, when the time for the circumcision had come, he was given the name Jesus, the name given him by the angel Gabriel, who appeared to his mother before he was conceived in her womb. The focus of the sentence is really about his giving, being given the name, the name that was already given him, the name that was already his for nine months. But this octave day, as you know, has at the same time a great significance with regard to that that circumcision that's alluded to in the beginning of that sentence. Now, we do celebrate our Lord in his in his perfection, in his beauty, in his divinity, in his humanity. When we go to Bethlehem, we see the perfect human being, Mary, without sin, without original sin. And her baby boy, who is God, second person of the Holy Trinity, become incarnate. We see the humility of God in permitting himself to be cold, permitting himself to be hungry, permitting himself to be dirty and in need of being cleaned, permitting himself to be helpless and tiny, but still all the while in his perfections, even his physical perfections. On this day when the father circumcises the boy and gives him his name, our Lord sheds blood for the first time. taking upon himself the mark of the covenant of Abraham. And before we get too close to the cross and the altar, we realize here that the stage is still being set for our Lord to offer that sacrifice. He is incarnate. He is born. He is still perfect. And now, with this circumcision, he identifies himself as one of us. As a sinner, even though he is without sin. 
he allows his body to be scarred. He allows himself to be marked with the burdens placed on those sinners who still enjoy God's favor. We will see something very similar to this in the River Jordan. Not just where our Lord is coming to be baptized and John the Baptist says, I should be baptized by you, not the other way around. And the Lord says that it must be. Not for show and not for pretend, but because the Lord really does become one of us. He subjects himself to our punishments, not just to our condition as creatures with physical bodies that have the capacity to go without, to suffer, to be cold and hungry and so on. But not just as a, as a perfect member of our um, of our lot does he spend his years but permitting himself to suffer the consequences of our sins and the river Jordan he's baptized and then immediately goes goes into the desert to fast What's happening here is something far more profound than just simply that our Lord observed, revealed religion. Our Lord became one of us and permitted himself to undergo what he could very well have refused. We see our Lord entering into this, into his mission, and we see his mother entering more deeply into her vocation. She is mother of God. There's no phrase that's more apt and elegant at explaining who he is by, than by saying that Mary is mother of God, that she really is his mother and he really is God. And for a time we enjoy it in all of its beauty and all of its perfection, but that doesn't last more than a few hours or days. If mothers weep when their children are inoculated the first time and their skin is poked by a hypodermic needle, can we imagine Our Lady at her son's circumcision? 
If before he made noises like healthy baby noises, screams are actually healthy baby noises, this would be the first time that she would hear his voice shriek from pain. And Our Lady, entering into her vocation, will only unfold in rapid succession. After the 40th day, at the presentation in the temple, Simeon's words will pierce her heart as they predict the swords that will enter later. Next in the Gospel of Luke is the finding of the child Jesus in the temple. And so Our Lady is entering more and more deeply into her being the mother of sorrows. Because of the fallen world and because Christ came to rescue us from sin, it would be impossible for her to be mother of God without becoming mother of sorrows. And so the title that is popularly associated with January 1st now is perfectly fitting. She is the Holy Mother of God. Not a title of privilege and comfort, but an honor befitting the woman who would love the most and suffer the most. And all that with perfect faith. We ask the Lord then, as we wish each other Happy New Year, to be resolved to persevere in faith, love of each other and love of neighbor and love of enemy, obedient to our superiors, honoring mother and father, obeying those whom God has placed in authority over us, generous, not just with our friends, but generous with those in need, generous to those who are most difficult to assist. to be witnesses that to be close to God is not to be free of, free of concern and free of suffering, but is to embrace it with perfect faith and joy and love. And through it all, we beg the gift of the Holy Spirit. who accompanied the Blessed Virgin through her motherhood. And through her came to the apostles at Pentecost to fulfill Christ's promises. We who are purchased by the blood of Christ, 
give honor and praise and beg God's blessings as this new new year begins we are reminded that God our Lord and Savior by the shedding of his blood came to make all things new in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen